You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Boom! So much shit to talk about this week. Oh my God, AEW's full gear is over. We have brand new champions across AEW. Big time stuff. Uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about how we're doing against pro wrestling scorecards in, P- in BDR versus PDR, but, uh, BDR v PWS 4. And we're going to get into so much more WWE with the Twitch situation, possibly Kylie Ray, all kinds of stuff we're going to get into this week on. Professional wrestler and professional podcaster, Colt Boom Boom Cabana. My name is Killer Cross. This is The Smoke Show, Scarlett Bordeaux. What's up, guys? The After Machine, Brian Cage. This is Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees. Sadly, you are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you made a decent choice because you're listening. You are now listening to... And you're listening... And you're listening to... Did you listen to Breaking Down the Ring? Breaking Down the Ring. Breaking Down the Ring. Breaking Down the Ring. Breaking Down the Ring. Break it down. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening, you are watching, you are paying attention to the most inappropriate pro wrestling show in the motherfucking world. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring. We are your ring crew. Smitty. Ponick 19. Just a plain white Z. And me, the almighty one, Mikey himself. Um, There's some shit, man, that went down. Whew, he fucking... Brand new people at the top. Oh, my God. You think we'd be talking about AW full gear, but we're not. Um, we're talking about the presidential election of the United States of America. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, election year happened. Um, it lasted three years, uh, almost as long as April lasted. April this year it lasted five years. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous how long these things tend to last. but. There's finally a finish. There's an end to it. Uh, unless you're Rudy Giuliani, who's all oh, the networks announced it. No, the states announced it by having all of the votes counted. So the networks called it based on fat uh, percentages and things like that. And Joe Biden is taking over for Hall of Fame inductee, uh, WWE Hall of Fame inductee, Donald Trump. He can finally go back to getting stunners and uh, having Vince McMahon's head shaved. Uh, we talk about this not because we're mostly not a political show. I mean, obviously, we get into it when it's necessary. Uh, presidential election is kind of a big deal, but obviously so many wrestlers um, have a take on this. Uh, inclu- there's, the McMahon family has been involved with Donald Trump for a very long time, so it's not like this is 
straying away from uh, the wrestling aspect of it. But a lot of this happens because of it, it was finally announced. So you're getting wrestler reactions, so on and so forth. But you're also getting reactions from people who were involved with wrestling that are in Donald Trump's cabinet. Linda McMahon being uh, the, the one that I'm referring to, you know, uh, she <clears throat> is the, uh, I, she was, I'm sorry, she was formerly uh, Trump's small business administration administrator. I'll say that again, small business administration administrator. Okay. We just really like all these big words. Talk about made up titles. <laughs> I mean, uh, come on. Vince McMahon even gave himself the title at one point. Yeah, your um, husband runs a Fortune 500 company, but you're our small business, business administrator, VP of executive, whatever the fuck you do. So uh, 75 be, let's, European. Let's be, let's be honest about that, though. WWE is a for, Fortune 500 company. Back in the day, it's technically a small business. And then it got I big. Get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like she doesn't know how to grow. I'm not saying she was not qualified for the position, you know, it's not like she's the education person. I'm not going to, I don't want to get political, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's at least, you know what I'm saying? Like when you look at the things, the people that he has put into place in, in his administration, a lot of them, you go, huh? And how did that person get that job? Because they don't have qualifications, at least with Linda McMahon. She has an idea of, of making small businesses profitable to become big businesses. She was there with Vince. She has Vince uh, is in her ear probably about things. And we can shit talk all we want about how Vince handles talent, how Vince does this, how Vince does that. But Vince, with the help of competition and things like that, still took a small business, turned it public, and is now raking in so much money, even if he has to fire people just to keep the bottom line as a profit happens it sucks but vince mcmahon is making money wwe is making money hand over fist sometimes to quote cm punk despite himself now that being said let's segue linda mcmahon tweeted out um stand with president real donald trump for a fair count of legal votes ignoring court orders and breaking state laws is the opposite we must continue to challenge at VP at America First PAC. CM Punk um, quoted the tweet with a photo. One of CM Punk's most popular things is the pipe bomb and the money in the bank that have followed. CM Punk won the WWE Championship over John Cena, and at the end of the match as he was going over the guardrail, held the title up, looked at Vince McMahon, blew him a kiss. The photo that Punk tweeted is the one of him blowing Vince McMahon a kiss. However, the face on CM Punk is now Joe Biden and the back of the head he's blowing a kiss to while holding the WWE championship is Donald Trump's head. Again, quoting Linda McMahon's tweet with that photo. You guys know anyone who's watching us, anyone who's listening, anyone who's ever paid attention to us has a good fucking idea of where we stand in the political spectrum. Um, not, I don't think a single one, not sorry, not a single one of us liked Trump in office, right? Oh, Most of I, them, I loved him. I loved him. He was yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> Most of us though are not straight 
left voters. We're all central, basically right down the middle. I highly doubt any one of us who voted did not have only Democrats on their on their ballot. And that's smart. That's how I that's a personal that's checks and balances. That's how it's supposed to work. You can't fucking tell me that everybody on one specific side matches up with everything that you have. Oh, no. Morally. Correct. uh, it's, It's not fucking possible. Right. Unless, of course, the one side is all white supremacists. Then, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. yeah, right. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so th- that's what it is. There's, there's essentially. So when you see one dude trying to fucking just divide everything, you're like, fuck off. And obviously that's, you know, most likely. But so therefore, when you see things like this, when you just watch people so blindly, Linda McMahon being one of them, so blindly following things like this, it, it, it hurts you because these are people that you grew up watching. Right. You could remember, dude, remember cheering Linda McMahon when she stood the fuck up from the wheelchair and kicked Vince in the fucking nuts. These are things that as children we watched, we grew up and we fucking loved. And now we're watching some of the people that we grew up loving being so divisive and angry and it sucks. But with Biden becoming a president, a lot of people in the entire fucking world are happy. Right across the world. I'm not talking the United States. I'm talking the world. You have so many people congratulating him, people that Trump boasted about being friends with. You know, Prime Minister of, of England, Boris, uh, I can't remember his fucking last name, the guy that looks like Trump, was here. Um, him congratulating the vice president, you know, Germany, Germany's uh, leader congratulating the vice president for when the now president elect. <laughs> This is a worldwide thing of happiness that this dude is gone. So when you see our wrestlers, people that we love uh, tweeting and everything, uh, it's beautiful. Uh, Sasha Banks, you know, the high five hands, not prayer hands, the high five hands. Uh, thankful, let's grow, <laughs> blue heart. Um, MVP, uh, MVP was somebody who was, real, uh, was a real adamant on social media during that election. Can, can I well. finish the tweets? Can I finish talking about the tweets? And we'll see if MVP no, is in there. It, it wouldn't be unlike Smitty to blow the lead or anything. You know? Right. Now, like, I'm, I'm I'm, literally reading, going through a whole bunch of wrestler tweets. And Smitty's like, what about this person? Let me get, I don't even know what's going on here. I will say one of them in the first four is surprising to me. Um, so Sasha Banks, high five hands, thankful, let's grow, blue heart. Uh, Sami Zayn, don't let the door hit your ass. Um, then obviously Trump tweeted, I won this election by a lot and a lot of, t- and Twitter <laughs> right there are, you know, flagging his tweet. Sami Zayn quoted that as well goes, this feels better than I expected. <clears throat> Mickey James tweeted out attention. This is a political tweet. Can I get a, amen? Hashtag let's go Joe. Hashtag hit him up Harris. Hashtag 46. That is all. Have a great day. Thank you. Jesus gift with Steve Harvey. Uh, if I'm going to say about a surprise right there she's a country girl majority of country girls i would think would lean more red but again that's probably from looking at the rural area of the map well i mean and you're also doing the statistics where just because she's from the south means she has to be a republican i mean that's i mean that's normally the case but doesn't that's what i'm going off norms and i you know all of us shouldn't go off norms but hey sometimes stereotypes are true uh, like yeah, John Layfield, Bradshaw, 
the first woman, and I, we wouldn't know this. She, he blocked us on Twitter. Uh, the first woman and first person of color has been elected to a presidential ticket. Long overdue, but so good to see. Forget politics. Let's be the United States now. Congrats, Kamala Harris. Well, really? JBL tweeted that out? There you so go. The Republican gig was just a, a gimmick for real? Re- remember what I said about the first four. You're going to get a surprise. Um, obviously, Dave Batista uh, tweeted a picture of a blue hat that says, Make America Decent Again. And it says, thank you to all my brothers and sisters who stood up and spoke out against lies, hate, and division for four exhausting years to fight for decency. I'll see you in Georgia. Uh, Mick Foley uh, tweeted a video, but the tweet went along with a few quick thoughts about this historic election. Thanks, Dave Batista and Real Kevin Nash for encouraging me to voice my opinion. Kevin Nash. Uh, let's begin the process of healing this great country. Hashtag election 2020. Um, Iron Sheik tweeted did the 2020 just turn baby face <laughs> uh <clears throat> chelsea green uh raised hands up with a new york times article saying kamala harris has made history that's um, all the iron sheik said that's, that's all uh, yeah as far as in here that's it the wow, 2020 that's just surprising. Turned baby face. surprisingly there's no fuck off or yeah no that or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Joy Janella tweeted, LOL, you thought I'd actually get in shape for you miserable internet fucks. I wrestle hour matches in my sleep. Fuck abs and congrats, Joe Biden. (laughs) Fucking MJF, thank God. Everyone can go back to focusing solely on me now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Ricochet, I knew there was a reason I always liked Philly. And that's it. So what were you saying about MVP? Because obviously he's not in this. I was saying during the election, like during the uh, four or five day election, he was uh he was like pretty much responding up people that were like tr- supporting Trump and and whatnot. That that was it. That's all you had to say. That was- Man, like do, do you have like social media during the election? Okay, not after, but obviously. No, but I thought you were at least gonna like tell us what the tweet said. Right, like, give us something. <laughs> well, I don't have my laptop. I don't have my netbook in front of me, and my battery's dead on it right now. Hey, Andy doesn't have a shirt either, folks. Smitty dressed up for this, man. He got He's got as much on MVP's tweets as he's got on sleeves, so that's how it is. But you'll see him in a three-piece suit any random Wednesday of the week. <laughs> so true. So, on AW Full Gear... <clears throat> Where we saw new champions crowned, we saw breaking down the ring take the lead over pro wrestling scorecards coming out of the last pay-per-view. We were all tied up at 159 points. After AEW's full gear, we are now ahead 204 points to 177 points. Let's talk about Nick. Nick uh, got real mad at me uh, the last two pay-per-views because I just ran through with the 15, the 15. I'm the only one. I was the only one to have two, the two number ones. And then Nick's like, fuck you. I'm going to come up and tickle your butthole. And I'm coming up right behind you and reaching around and dingling your balls. 
And now I'm the other person who has two wins in pro wrestling scorecards versus breaking down the ring. Four. Uh, Nick came through with 110 points on his pro wrestling scorecard. Uh, Z was like, look, man, I got zero last time. I'm about to get 12, bitch. And he came through. Second place, 105 points. Tied with Daniel from Pro Wrestling Scorecards to get 12 points. I actually looked at like, his scorecard to make sure he didn't copy me. <laughs> <laughs> Smitty was all like, God damn it. I love sucking dick. I'm going to come in fourth. <laughs> That's the only reason. That's the only reason. <laughs> like, I got to be really good. <laughs> no, Smitty was like, uh, I've been kind of shitting the bed the last couple ones. I, I lost my title because I'm like Sasha Banks. I have no idea how to retain anything I win without the help of some white girl. So he wanted to come in fourth and <laughs> try and get his title back. Uh, and he got himself – reason he's in fourth is, again, because Daniel and Z tied for second, so no third place. Fourth place for Smitty. Uh, Walt came through in fifth place. I rounded out everything for sixth place for our crew. Uh, for final for our crew, sixth place overall in this. Then you got Oscar coming in with seventh place, Jess coming in with eighth place, Mario hitting ninth place, and good old Michael finished it off, getting zero points for this team, uh, and in tenth place with seventy six points. Danny and I was kind of, were kind of talking last night, and um, it was really slow at work for me. So I sent out a text. I was like, "Man, had I not had I known that FTR was leaving AEW." I would have not even picked the Young Bucks to win. But then he comes back and he says, where did you see that? And <clears throat> the Bucks had a press conference afterwards, and they talked about FTR getting a rematch. Well, Dawson, I don't know, Dax, I don't know, fuck, what, one of the guys from FTR were like, thank you so much to people who have been on this journey, watching us through and through, top guys, dot, 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 out that brings me to, cause we've all talked about how they didn't really have a contract with AEW, how it was kind of rushed and everything. Well, so on my first one, thought- they brought in during COVID only <laughs> had uh, so many appearances on their contract. They didn't have actual like long-term contracts because no one knew what COVID was going to bring. So they kind of okay. played it safe. Like for example, like, uh, Zach Ryder or Matt Cardona only signed a five appearance contract. I thought it was six. Uh, maybe it was six, but it yeah. was number of appearance. So everyone signed during COVID only signed contracts for number of appearances as opposed to like a you know, year or two year contract because no one knew what COVID was going to bring. That makes sense. But yeah, so I took a huge risk on this scorecard. I assumed that it was going, you were going to see FTR versus Young Bucks happen again. I knew there was a stipulation that if the Young Bucks lost, they would not uh, get another shot at the tag titles. Now, we knew they weren't going to do with Co- with them what they did with Cody and the top title, the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. So I did not expect the Young Bucks to lose, but I thought count out. Count out is no one wins, no one loses, just moves on, so on and so forth. <clears throat> so I went no one who makes the pin? No one. Who takes the pin? No. I was expecting the fucking run the gauntlet on that one. Or time on the draw? Zero. Zero. Scored a big, fat zero. So, I'm kind of looking at this going, you know, 
I got 97 points with a big fat zero. All y'all lost to me. Period. Sorry. Just. <laughs> uh, Sorry, no, Nick. because we didn't make idiotic picks in the middle that made us lose. I didn't get a zero. Um, yet. You haven't gotten a zero yet. And I believe you did get a zero. Like, no, I'm, t- I'm talking about month. this time. I'm talking about this time. No, so, yeah, the mean? second one, I got a zero. But not this one. I didn't get a zero this one. I didn't get a zero any of the last two. Okay. <laughs> there. Have, have, have you ever won the full community? Twice? No. Okay. You're bringing a bullshit, Z. But... But here's the thing. They were building this match. Plus, hey, listen, I'm a Red Sox fan. I know how to go from worst to first. All right, guys? Anyways, worst the reason this match needed an ending that wasn't a countout, that was a de- like kind of a decisive win, is because they've been building this match before FTR even left WWE. They've been building this match via social media for years. So to have it end like that, the... the the internet community, which is 98% AEW fans anyway, um, would have would have been like Trump supporters right now. They would have been throwing a fucking fit because how do you build this match for seven fucking years and have no finish to it? Like, I mean, well, I and I can understand why they'd be mad. Where were you yesterday when I was making my picks? Uh, we didn't do live picks. Otherwise, I would have definitely made that point. I, I went I went through it and I was like, all right, like I don't think they would take it off FTR, but they've been building this match. It need it needs to have a finish and the Bucks have this stipulation. They're not gonna do it twice with Cody. I mean they could, they really could have, but that would have just been really dumb booking. And I mean this gives you somewhere to go with it, but um the the Bucks I don't know what the Bucks are right now. They they literally just super kick everybody and anybody. So like it's hard to tell if they're a heel or if they keep doing it, they're just gonna become even more baby faced. But Nick, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Since or you and Smitty, since I, I have not watched pay-per-views, I've just read the clip notes. Um was this a typical young bucks high spot spot fest with no psychology? Or was this a hybrid between, you know, the high spot shit that they do, but they add the psychology of the FTR style of wrestling? Like, how how did this match come out on TV? Um, For me, I think it was more of, it was less of the high spots and a little more geared towards FTR because there was some, storytelling with the uh the injury to i think matt matt, or matt I remember. yeah with matt and then um dax harwood injured his hand during the match so they played to that there were a couple of spots here and there but nothing that was like over the top and made me feel like that's what it was going to turn into um, 14 aerials <clears throat> I, it didn't feel like that though it, it really didn't um, there is one then, one clip. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Nick, but there was one clip I seen of. I think it was Cash Wheeler doing a springboard. Uh, what was it for three sixty or something like a a, a a springboard splash basically with a flip off the rope? And uh, my very first thought was, 
they tote how they're all fists, no flips, and yet they did a flip in a match. I think for me that's okay because I think they would have to adapt to a little bit of the style that the Young Bucks have in their match to kind of compete with that. One thing that caught me off guard, and I don't know if it was a botch or if they meant to do it, but there was a spot, not a spot, but there was this part where it was Matt or Nick, and he was laying on the mat towards the corner of FTR, and Cash Wheeler was in the ring holding um, his leg, one of the young bucks, and he tagged in Dax. Dax comes in, runs off the ropes, and he straight up just pushed our cash wheeler down like it felt like he did it on purpose it was a botch or maybe he was doing that to kind of stretch the leg out and jr and the the commentary crew they like didn't say anything about it so it felt really weird i don't know if it was a botch or if it was intentional but other than that i i enjoyed the match i really did i wonder if maybe he had the actual injured leg so he kind of just pushed him off of him yeah <laughs> Uh, Mini, what did you think about that match? Did you like think it was a typical high spot match, or I kind of agree with Nick. Uh, I feel like it was a little bit more of the hybrid where the Bucks did get their high spot shit in, but it catered more to that physical, the physical uh, style of FTR. And it was probably one of it, I was surprised at how good the match actually was. It kind of lived, lived up to the internet hype, probably. You, you were surprised that the match was as good as it was. Um, I didn't know how to, like, this was the first time they actually got in the ring together, so I wasn't sure if the chemistry was, like, if the chemistry was going to be overhyped, it was overhyped chemistry or not. So, I was, like, surprised with what I saw out of it. Yeah, well, I think it was, like... rate the match? Huh? Nick, what'd you, uh, what were you saying? Hold on, Nick, what were you saying? Well, I was going to say, I think it was a good, like, slow burn. Like, it took a few minutes for them to really get a feel for how each team like how they would work together and then as the match kept going on longer and longer like i was sitting there like okay this is it and it would be a near fall and i'd be like damn like this is still going on um so that's why for me i think it felt like it wasn't so much a high spot match but like a good mix because of the length of the match um i'd probably give the match a good eight out of ten or if you want to do the melter scale i'd give it a four Nah, um, melt the skills, get higher. It's, it's the Bucks. That, that match went almost 30 minutes, though. And you still yeah. felt, felt like it flew. Well, yeah, because it was entertaining. And, you know, a lot of times those long matches, they seem like they get drug out. But I didn't feel like it was 30 minutes because it, so, it had me on the whole time. Yeah, I was going to say. So what I was going to say is you were invested the whole time. So the 30-minute yeah. match felt like a normal 10-minute match. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. It felt like a champ. It felt like a good championship match. I did. I mean, when I was going over the cliff notes, I did read that this was one of the best tag team matches done in the last decade in any brand. And I was just curious what you guys thought about it. Mm -hmm. Good shit. Now the Matt, the man known as Matt Hardy, has brought a deletion match to three different promotions. Uh, he's brought one. He started it in TNA impact he brought them to wwe and now he is uh, has brought one to aew by taking on sammy guevara and smitty 
your what were you thinking with watching this match? Is does it live up to the hype of the old school? Is it better than what he did in WWE, which <clears throat> again was full him, right? Let's <clears throat> let's not make it seem like there was any Vince in that deletion match in the WWE. That was a hundred percent Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt uh, that went over that match. They were given creative freedom. Vince just didn't get it because he's dumb. Um, what were your thoughts on the AEW version of a deletion match? Uh, it was pr- it was proof that like Matt Hardy is like the master of the cinematic match. He he's the reason that the cinematic match is getting so much attention that it is. It was like it, it, it for me it was better than the WWE stuff, and it was just about almost as good as the Impact stuff. And also, Sammy Guevara is a great talent. Uh, I was surprised with the, like the appearance of Gangrel and Shane Helms. And that was pretty. That was pretty. Uh, that, that was fun. And uh, Senior Benjamin made his appearance. Of course, <laughs> first he did. AEW, yeah, huh? of course he did. So it was, it was like it was good to see like more of the broken universe involved inside of the um, inside of this match. Which one of the things that make the, those um, deletion matches as fun as they are is getting inside and getting to see the whole universe of Matt Hardy play on uh, television. Nick, what were your thoughts on it? I uh, I've never seen the Impact version, um, so I need to go really? back and watch that. Yeah, yeah, oh, you do. that's the original, and that's fucking yeah. I so mean, you good. can't top it. The Roman the candles don't do it justice. <laughs> um. So, well, I mean, I definitely think it was better than the WWE one, even though the WWE one was really good. Um. I I don't know. I it was. It was really good. I really enjoyed the the monster truck at the beginning, crushing the golf cart. Um, Smitty, they did a they did like a a dig at I think it was WWE between Matt Hardy and Shane Helms. Um, do you remember what it was? Because for the life of me, I can't remember. They stood there and they right in front of the lake and they said something to each other. Fuck, I'll have to go back and watch it. But it was it was great. I wish I could remember what it was. It was probably a dig at Jeff Hardy. I was kind of halfway out of it when I was watching this. When I first watched it, I went back and watched it. Um, went back and watched it later. But yeah, it was really good. Uh, they got um, I almost said street profits. Uh, private party involved. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it was good. I, I was excited <laughs> to see Gangrel. Actually, it was. I kind of popped for that a little bit. I didn't expect it. So, who went into the lake of reincarnation? It had to be Helms, right? It was Helms. He yeah. came out as Hurricane. He came out as Hurricane? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the minute uh, we talked about Gangrel before the show, the minute he said that Shane Helms was there, too, I was like, oh, okay. He fell into the lake and came out as somebody. Would have yeah, been Shane better Helms if they would have brought back all of three count for this. But, you know. So Matt didn't go into the lake at all? Uh, no. I don't know. I remember. Weird. Um, I was, I was, I'm not going to lie guys. I was kind of surprised that Matt Hardy ended up going over here because I, because of the feud with Sammy and he, him taking the last match. Uh, I still pick Matt to win on my scorecard. Cause I mean, it's his match, but I, in the back of my mind thought maybe they, you know, in the interest of putting over younger talent, like that could have been sammy's niche especially if they're planning on breaking up the inner circle like this would be the direction he could go and then he could be like part of the 
Matt Hardy multi-universe kind of thing. Like uh, that, I think that would have been interesting to see. Um, but yeah. Um, not my next question is with what, with what happened in their match prior. Okay. With Matt going through the table and them kind of messing up that spot and him bumping his head. Do you guys feel like they were less physical in this match because of it? Or was the physicality still there? It was there, but it was toned down a, a tad bit. Yeah, I would agree. There, you could tell that they weren't really interested in doing any kind of high, high risk spots or anything like that. Well, that's stupid. More, it was this was more like basically like the impact one where it was more like fun, kind of goofy, gimmicky stuff that they did. All right. Now, another match that is uh, annoying me. Uh the Eliminator Finals, Kenny Omega going over Hangman Page. First, let's talk about the match. Nick, we'll start with you since Minnie started the last one. Uh, how was this match? I, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, I feel go. At, just go. So, to me, I think this should have been a really good match. What are, uh, what are your thoughts on it? They did. They, they went hard, and it was a great opening match. Um, it was physical. Um, I think there was some good psychology and I really, I actually really enjoyed the finish because um, Kenny Omega got hangman up on his shoulders for the one winged angel. And typically I expect the way that it was going, I was ready for hangman to reverse it. Maybe not necessarily win the match, but I was waiting for him to reverse it. And he was like trying to, and Kenny got him over anyway. He just dropped him. Um, I I enjoyed the match. I'm I don't know how I feel about the whole storyline, but the match was really good. What do you mean? Um, well, when the Eliminator tournament started, it only took me about five seconds to say, "Okay, it's going to be Kenny and Hangman in the final." Yeah, the minute they flashed uh, the bracket and they were on yeah. opposite sides, you kind of knew, right? Yeah. So you know that whole build, I was just kind of like, eh. Um. So the backstory behind it all, I, I'm not really all that invested in. I, I don't know how interested in I am to see Moxley and Omega, if that's where they're going here soon. Um, but again, the match was good. Smitty. Uh, was, the match, was good. it was like, they went full throttle. Reminded me of a lot of the match they had back in New Japan. So it was, but it was um, a tad bit slower than New Japan match, but it was was still those guys like you said they go for they pretty much went full throttle at each other real physical and um i'm kind of like i kind of see you'll make kenny starting to become the old sweeper again so that's what i'm i'm really excited to see where i'm actually on the opposite side of nick i'm saying i'm kind of excited to see where they go with kenny at this point especially with how the show ended after um the main event how did it end it pretty much just kind of with the whole encounter um so pretty much Kenny comes out and encounters uh Moxley with a with the with a pretty much with a baseball bat. <clears throat> yeah, they did the whole new Japan thing where as soon as the match was over, he like confronted Moxley and they just had like a little from what I read, they had like a little stare Yeah, like down a stare down. And that's how it mm-hmm. closed. Um I can't remember now. It's been a year. I'm sorry. According to COVID and election season, it's been seven years since AEW has kicked off. 
with <laughs> my how dog feels. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they never really had a closure to Moxley versus Omega, if I'm not mistaken, right, Smitty? Because there was like injuries, like uh, Mox got was like injured and stuff, and then I think Kenny got injured a little bit. They yeah, Margaret injured, Kenny got injured, and then they had the um, well, I think it was the lights out match, and that was kind of it. Where um, Mox went over, and that's they pretty much had no real conclusion to it. Okay, so the reason I say that I'm not happy about this, and it's something that I telegraphed from the moment AW was announced. I said. You've got all these guys as the EVPs, and these guys are going to be your champions at some point. As it's currently looking, unless Cody drops a TNT title, probably at their next pay-per-view, you're going to have the entire executive vice presidents of a company as the champions. Um, um, Did it Allen last night? Darby yeah, Darby Allen won. Night. Yeah, oh, he did. Darby took yeah, the Darby title. Took yeah, I was, I was going to yeah, attack Ricky Starks. Yeah. Ah, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay, he got a roll uh, up in. All right, I'll I'll track that, but it's still possible. However, the next pay per view, Kenny Omega is your AEW World Heavyweight Champion, and the Young Bucks are your Tag Team Champions. All right, I, st- I, I stated. When this started, the whole booking for this company, if it started going as we're putting ourselves over, it was going to start feeling like WCW when the boys were like, I want to be this. I'm going to be that. Finger poke of doom, so on and so so forth. Granted, I am not saying it feels like that yet because it doesn't. Right. You know, the Young Bucks were eventually going to take tag titles. You know Kenny Omega was eventually going to be an AEW world champion. I'm not saying it seems like they're pissing down their roster for these guys to be at the top, right? It has been a year. It's been over a year. It's been a year and a half. And the Bucks won their first tag titles, right? Cool. I'm not arguing it. I'm not against it. It's been over a year and a half. Kenny Omega finally has an AEW world championship title match, right? Again, not against it. I understand that these are still really high up talents. Okay. But I feel like we're inching there because while we're talking about how great the FCR Young Bucks match was, where are the other tag teams? You see, you see stuff about best friends. You see a little bit about Dark Order because it's a faction. It seems like to get where they wanted to go, a Young Bucks FTR match didn't need titles involved in it, right? It didn't. The We talked about it earlier. It's been building for seven fucking years. But um, I, the only reason I, I, I get where you're going as far as I'm not needing titles, but the match is booked as like best tag team versus best tag team. So why wouldn't it be for a title if both teams are the best teams? You know what I mean? Yeah, but at the same time, if you're if you don't have these teams fighting for the titles beforehand, you know what I'm saying. It, they don't need the uh, the belts. Don't have to be with. You can still say they're some of the best tag teams, even without the belts, because they, they didn't need the belts to validate the best tag team claim. 
right? When it, it, it's like it's like having the Hardys go against the Dudley Boys now, right? Let's protect. No, fuck it. It's like the Hardys, the TLC match, right? It was for the titles, correct? Yep. Anytime post that though, those matches because of the, what that uh, match itself did for all three tag teams. You didn't need titles for those teams to go at each other, right? It eventually, I mean, it got there a lot, but if you're building something like that, you didn't need it. And in the grand scheme of things, if you're talking about your company is to build people up, then it's kind of like, oh, we got FTR, cool. We're going to skyrocket them to the top of the division and everyone who's been here since we started. Sorry. Uh, I, I just feel like I'm being real fucking nitpicky. I, I fully admit I'm being real nitpicky with this, but it's more of a what about rather than a what are you doing right now? And, and I'm, go ahead. I was going to say, and your thing about Kenny, um, if you're going to have your first world champion that's not like a, a former WWE guy, um, wouldn't you want it to be Kenny? Like, isn't Kenny like, as far as far as their talent roster goes, isn't te- isn't Kenny technically your most over non WWE guy? Because even Cody spent time in the WWE. Co- Kenny never, not once, never. You know what I mean? Like I think mm-hmm. he had like a tryout match or something. So wouldn't it make sense for your most well, he, over non WWE? Yeah, um, yeah okay. but. Smitty, I'm just, are you I'm just, just like saying relaxing it. and like laying in bed with us right now? Is that what's going on? No wonder you don't have a shirt on. He's not. He's on mute. Moment, moment with Smitty. Right. Just that's all it takes is a moment. Hello, I'm Smitty. <laughs> um, oh, what was that? What was that radio show with Alan Allman, Pillow Talk, or some shit like that? <laughs> Pillow Talk. Um, we want you naked, knee deep in tofu. All right, and now I'm done with the podcast. See you guys next week. <laughs> yep, um, me so gone. <laughs> um, I get what you're saying, and again, I'm not arguing Kenny doesn't deserve the title. I'm when it's my thought process is right now. It's not even like um, so. Cody had it. Now Cody doesn't have it. Right. And the Young Bucks have the tag titles. Are the Young Bucks going to drop the tag titles and then Kenny's going to have the AEW World Title? Just so it seems like it's not like the entire elite running the fucking show with all the gold doing stuff. I have, I have a feeling because Matt Jackson's leg injury is actually legit, but he was doing like physical therapy so he could get through this match with FTR. They might come out on Wednesday night and have to drop the titles due to injury. So that way they can say they never lost the titles. And then when Matt's healthy, you have a rematch of FTR versus the Bucks. which I'm as, I mean, if, if it's old school booking, like that's the way they will go with it. Uh, I should go with it. But um, so there's a possibility that just because they won the title at the pay-per-view, they might not be your tag champions come the next pay-per-view. If the if the injury unless I mean unless it's all kayfabe and they're just doing a real good job on social media and Nick's not or Matt's not really injured, but there have been reports that his leg injury is legitimate. 
So then I, my next question then falls into the whole thing. Why not get FTR for a couple more appearances if you're already talking about doing a rematch and do a count out, finish it. If the Young Bucks are just going to have to drop the titles anyway, there's no real... I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I see your point, but I... We, we, I, it all falls on the stipulation of the match. They probably never, if they never put the stipulation on the match that they could never challenge for the titles at, if they lost, then I, I'm 100% on board with your count out. Because then you could, if you do a count out, you can get three more months of building this absolute dream match. But even FTR has come out in recent weeks talking about how they they were not. Not, not that they weren't happy. They just weren't exactly impressed with the build of this match. They feel like it should have been so much more, especially since it's like years in the making. But also it's pro wrestling and COVID and you do what you can. So, Well, outside of the Young Bucks, you know, I get what Mikey is saying. And I get, I, I mean, I understand both sides of the coin. But I feel like at some point, we don't know if Kenny is going to take the title, you know, at the next pay-per-view revolution. I mean, obviously that's all signs point to that, but that would be at that point in February, end of February, almost two years into a W's uh, product. When is it safe to put the strap on somebody like Kenny? And, and I like Brian's point. I like Z's point when he says, that's the guy you want to put it on. That's not X WWE or any relation to WWE. But I feel like at that point, I wouldn't be like, yes, that's perfect timing, but I would be okay with it because, you know, I mean, they're nearly two years out. And at some point I think you, I don't necessarily, maybe you don't have to put it on Kenny, but at some point I think it's, it's a good idea to, because he is that known star outside of XWWE guys. Well, and especially since they're going back to like the gimmick that originally got him over in New Japan, like they, the first year he kind of just floundered. They, they actually had him on a losing streak for the first, what, six to eight months of AEW. And then they kind of changed that. They put him in, they put the titles on him and page. They did a little storyline, you know, had them split up. But during that time, in singles action, Kenny was starting to win matches, win matches, win matches. And now they're like, fuck it, you're going full-blown cleaner on us. And that, I mean, that was the guy who got over in New Japan. So you have, which New Japan fan base is also AEW fan base. Like, that's just what it is. So now you're going to get, more you most of your crowd pumped up because they want to see Kenny as your champion and they want to see him as the cleaner. So, I mean, they, this is kind of just pandering to the fan base. This might not have anything to do with being an EVP because I mean, we all kind of thought going forward, like had Jericho not signed with the company, the belt would have already been on Kenny, right? Hangman for sure. Mm -hmm. well, but you know what I mean? Like it would have been on one of the elite by now, right? But, you know, Jericho to carry it for the first year, then Moxley for the second. And Moxley was a workhorse. I, until Smitty brought it to my attention, I didn't realize like the double duty he was pulling before COVID. So he, yeah. he really is a, a star across the board. 
And he, I think he's been a good champion, but I'm, I'm sick of these gimmick matches for championship matches. Like I just want to see a good old wrestling match for the world mm-hmm. title. I don't, I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. You did that like with MJF. What's that? You did it with MJF. Right. But I mean, but there, he's done more championship gimmick matches than anybody else. I mean, and I get that's kind of his niche because he was a CZW guy and I'm all for blood and brutality. But I also feel like as a wrestling, as a wrestling championship, you need more legitimate wrestling matches and less gimmicky shit. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's what that's kind of what he's doing more of the wrestling stuff over in New. He was doing more of the wrestling stuff with New Japan with as a U.S. champion. Right. I mean, so and, Mikey, and the thing. I, go ahead, Nick. No, go ahead. I was just going to say with Moxley, like he is a really good technician as well. So you can do more legitimate wrestling matches with him. Um, yeah, that's all I had. I think they're going to do it. I think before even Kenny gets a shot, they're going to give Lance Archer another shot at him. And like, the, why, uh, why Lance Archer though? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. My original point, we're getting away from it. I am not saying Kenny doesn't deserve the belt. I'm not saying the Young Bucks don't deserve the tag titles. What I'm saying is, Nick, you made a point earlier. He goes, is it too soon? For Is two years still too soon? And my, my thought process is it'll never be a good time in my head. Because all it does is bring me back to WCW folding on itself and us losing some of the best wrestling because there was no more competition. And I will always have that thought in my head anytime up people who running or running a company give themselves top titles. And again, right. I'm not saying it's not deserving. I'm not saying none of these people do ever deserve to have a belt. I'm not saying it's a dumb idea to give Kenny the belt as the first person who's never touched WWE like that, who made his popularity off of everything else. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying what comes after that. Cause Kenny for sure deserves the AEW world championship. He's a fucking amazing wrestler, right? The bucks are a good, are a great tag team. They do deserve the AEW tag titles. Fuck, I still feel Cody somehow deserves the AEW World Championship. You know, Cody's a major proponent for all of this stuff. But that's where then my fear lies. It's because I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but what happens when they just want it? Are they going to go the route of WCW? I'm not saying they're doing that now. I'm not saying Kenny going, all right, man, I'm fucking, can I get this title now? That's, I don't think that's what's happening. I think this is great story building because that's why I made sure to ask if because I couldn't remember, but I was pretty sure Mox Omega didn't really finish and there was a lot of injuries and you know stuff in there. So th- there's still a storyline behind this. It's not just finger poke, I get the title. You know, it's 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 not, oh, it's your birthday, Goldberg. We're just gonna break your streak because I want this fucking belt. That's that's not what's going on here. I fully agree that there's storylines, there's implementations, they're making things. Young Bucks winning the titles over a seven-year build on social media, FTR, you know, all this stuff. It, it, there's not just, I want it, I'm taking it. And that's great. That is spectacular. Because at least you're giving us something to build into. So when you have it, we're not like, why the fuck do you have it? Well, I'm and. I'm worried about after is what is mainly what I'm getting at because the the thought of all of, especially all of them around the same time 
You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, all the, the elite have all the fucking gold, except the women's title, because they don't have a woman, unless it's Mrs. Matt. That would piss me off. But that's it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I'm not saying Brandy Rose not, is the only one I can think of. Brandy. Yeah, you're right. Brandy Rose. I totally forgot about Brandy Rose. Oh, Cody got a last name, man. That's another thing he did. That's true. But even if they did have all the gold, at this point, you could use the psychology of them being EVPs and use that in the storyline. And it gives it a sense of realism as well. Like they could almost turn into like, I don't know, corporation 2020, you know, like we have all the gold, we have all the power. We, you know, they could use that in a storyline as well. You know what I mean? Agreed. But again, if it's a consistent thing, if it ever feels like they took it because they wanted it, Rather than building storylines and people and just burying other ones because they want to be at the top, that's where my worry is, right? And well, that's and that's it. And I hope I don't think they're stupid enough to do that. But they have I, a lot of good wrestling minds behind the scenes that I hope, unlike WWE, wouldn't just be yes men. Like you got you got your Arn Anderson, you got your Tully Blanchard, you got your Dean Malenko. That you know you run these things by them, and they'd be like, well. That's a good idea, guys. But what if we slow played it? What if we did it a different way? What if we made it? You know what I mean? Like guys tell them like, hey, just because you want the title doesn't necessarily make make it make sense. You know what right. I mean? But yeah. I don't know. Again, I'm not saying and, and let, I, I, I can't say it enough. I want Kenny to hold that title. I'm OK with the Bucks. I, I'm OK. I'm happy with the Bucks winning these titles. This is your company. You know what I'm saying? At some point, you kind of, and it's not like you're shitty fucking wrestlers who are living off of past glory. This is current hype. You know what I'm saying? This is current greatness, though. Young Bucks are fucking good. Kenny Omega is fucking good. They deserve to be upper echelons, even if it is their own company. Just as long as it's not at the sake of burying everyone because you want to be at the top of your own company, not because you deserve to be at the top due to a storyline or something else that was going on. That's it. That's all I'm wondering. Yeah, I would, I would like to see, you know, if Kenny has uh, the title and if the Young Bucks hold their titles for any significant amount of time, somebody that they've been building, like an MJF, for example, goes over on Kenny Omega next summer for the title or, you know, um, you know, uh, another tag team, even like the Dark Order going over on the Young Bucks because then that's giving them that credibility. I fucking beat Kenny Omega. I beat Chris Jericho, uh, you know, so on and so on. So I think that at that point, then it's like, okay, they did that right. And yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. What happens next for sure. And th- and that's all. I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm shitting on them because normally I come off as the guy who's shitting on AEW, but I'm, these storylines make sense. All of them do. I'm not. And also, also a lot of their divisions are still kind of like is the, the divisions aren't really lacking. Like, if you look at the main event picture, you got guys like Lance Hoyt, Brian Cage. Uh, Archer, Lance Archer. Archer. But you, but you, but you also, <laughs> like, Adam Page. You have, you have all, you have, a guy, you have a strong, like, roster built, like, just still kind of building itself. And in the tag division, you still got a strong tag division. You got the Lucha Brothers. You got Dark Order. You have, well, Private Party. You don't see that much of them, but you still got, like, Best Friends. It's not like these divisions are lacking a talent. Yeah, because yeah. the same as WWE, their tag division 
wasn't lacking in talent. It's just lacking in exposure. Yeah, because, I mean, like, again, that's what my other point is. Where'd everyone else go to get FTR up there uh, with the belts and give the Young Bucks the titles? I mean, I'm honestly surprised we haven't uh, seen the Lucha Bros as your tag titles tag championship because I think they're even better than the Bucks. Uh, I know Penta's, uh, well, Phoenix or Penta's hurt right now. They got hurt. We're talking about a year and a half, though, bro. Again, I'm not trying to shit. If I'm recalling correctly, though, the Lucha Brothers have had quite a bit of injuries over the past year. If one of them's not hurt, the other one is. I could be wrong, but I feel like that's been the case. One of them from being able to come and wrestle, too, so. Penta was the one that uh, he got stuck with travel restrictions. So again, that's why I'm saying I'm not. I, I also understand that some of this might be rushed because of COVID. Like I'm not trying to make it look like it's a bad thing. So anyway, overall the AEW pay per view, Smitty, what are you thinking on it? I thought it was really good. Um, I'm giving it a eight point five. Oh. Uh, I was looking. I think the one thing that surprised oh, me most is the fact that MJF did go over on Jericho. You were surprised yeah, at that? I saw that. Saw that coming. Well, oh, my thinking, I, fuck I, away. I, so no. So my thing, I didn't think if they were gonna let MJF into the inner circle. MJF, the inner circle didn't need MJF. MJF doesn't need the inner circle. Right. So my thought process was that yeah, they were gonna screw over MJF. And just so he couldn't get in, they can still do that, even though he won the match to heal faction. Well, and plus, I think the idea here is they're, uh, from what I've read in different articles, they're going to split off the inner circle, and MJF is going to be the the wedge between all of it. So that makes sense. Nick, how did you feel about it? I agree with Smitty with the eight point five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you agreed with Smitty. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it was a, a really good pay-per-view. It was a little long. I mean, it ran almost four hours again. Um, it did run four hours with the Allison K and uh, Serena Deeb match in the pre-show. Um, uh, it's the buy-in, sir. Buy-in, sorry. Um, I, I wasn't surprised with the MJF victory. I, I I thought the match was really good. Chris Jericho can still go. I mean, he did, uh, he pulled a Frankensteiner in that match that looked really good. And it was kind of like, Oh, you know, um, the one, one thing that I'm, I am getting sick of and Z has mentioned it a few times is the commentary. It's not to say that they're bad, but, I lose interest in what they're saying. And for me, that is a big part of it. And when you have, especially fucking, um, God, why can't I think of his name right now? Um, no, uh, Tony Schiavone, Tony Schiavone. No, Excalibur. 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 Jesus Christ. Um, just next time to the masked one. Yeah. His shit gets really, really stale. Because he'll be, you know, talking and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, it sounds like he's trying to push out a big shit when he gets excited. Oh, Joe Payne Suicida! Like, well, so he's like Michael Cole stale? Yeah, 
Yeah. Michael Cole gets a bad rap. Michael Cole doesn't suck as a lot of people say he does, man. No, yeah, no. I, I, but I, I think part of the problem with the commentary in AEW is unlike WWE, they have, I mean, obviously they have a earwig in at all times and have to like change on the fly, but they're kind of reading off a teleprompter where, but they're also, you know, they probably deviate from that, but they have something to go off. Whereas AEW, I'm, almost 100% that is completely unscripted. So there are times that things happen in matches where they don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then like sometimes, you know, Excalibur will throw out these names for these moves and that's cool if he's got a name for them and if that's what really, but eventually I'm to the point, it's like, you're a fucking know-it-all and it's, it's really annoying. Like I find myself not listening to especially him, but all of them half the time, you know, which is funny. Cause if you remember back in ECW days, that's all Joey Styles did was call every move by its technical name. And it was wonderful. And it was a great break. So that's, what's crazy to me is when you're listening to Excalibur, dude, you're like, fuck you. But here, Joey yeah. Styles did it. You're like, this is some of the best. Co-. Joey Styles is considered one of the best commentators in wrestling of all time. Period. Because he did the whole damn thing by himself. Yeah, he did. He did the thing by himself. He fucking called every move. He was on it with it. You know, Jr. Still, you know, um, all there's still a lot of good people. But it's it's crazy to hear because I'm agreeing with you, Nick. Like you you hear Excalibur and you're just like, shut the fuck up, right? But you heard Joey Styles do the exact same thing, and you were like, give me more. His fucking catchphrase was ridiculous over the top and stupid and yet you still loved every time oh fucking Joey Styles went oh my god no <laughs> you loved it but you hear Excalibur doing it now and he's like shut up you son of a bitch you put a mask Joe, down here too uh Joey Styles and JR being the exception they're your best commentators of all time are former wrestlers they they know the in Part of it, like, look at Jericho. Jericho's so good on commentary because he's a wrestler, so he knows what they they kind of know what kind of story the talent are trying to tell, and they try and you know commentate accordingly. Like, look at um right now, in my personal opinion, your best duo is Wade Barrett, Beth Phoenix, and then I mean Joe Vicks in there too. But I think Wade Barrett and Beth Phoenix are two of the best commentators right now. And them being former in-ring competitors definitely helps with the story. They, they enhance the story that's going on in the ring because they, they kind of can see where the talent are going. That, you I know, like Joe on the mic, too. Dude, I like Joe. Taz, Joe's, Joe I like Taz is okay on commentary. No, uh, Samoa Joe. Right, but uh, again, these are all former in-ring talents. Right. Gordon Soli. Yeah, I mean, like, Jer- Gorilla Gordon Monsoon, not, Jesse Gordon Ventura was regarded good. as one of the greatest of all time. Uh, not an in-ring talent. But, again, exceptions to every rule. I mean, you have JR, you have Joey Styles, you have Michael Cole, and you have Tony Gordon Shabani. Sully. Yeah. Right, but what I'm saying is each panel, like, even, like, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, they were both in-ring talents. I mean, people most people don't remember Bobby Heenan's run. They remember him more as a manager, but he was a wrestler before he was a manager. Um, so, I mean, like, I'm, I'm just going, like, all-time greats. He consisted of at least one in-ring competitor. JR and the King. The King was the in-ring competitor. Yeah. 
trying to think like who did Mike Tanay uh oh Taz hit Mike Tanay had Taz at one point at uh, Impact. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I'm Tony saying, uh, not Tony Schiavone. Um, Josh Matthews is there now. Uh, Madison Rain or Don Callis and Don Callis. Yeah, yeah Larry I like Zabisco. them a lot. Larry Zabisco was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, I agree. One of the main things that has been AEW's downfall, besides officiating, has always been the commentary. And it's really crazy to say. Like, it's not even like we're fully shitting on the commentary. It's just like at some points that commentary is just brutal. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's it. We'll think we've all said the common denominator is Excalibur. Yeah, I, I, I think that's it. I think I would love to hear JR and Shivani go back and forth. But and if you want to keep a three man team, like Taz is doing great, uh, d- doing double duty as a manager and doing part time commentary. I say you keep Excalibur only because right now, Everybody fucking hates him. It's natural heat. Let him be your heel commentator. Let him still act like the baby face. Let him call every move the way he wants to, and it's just going to piss people off. You're going to tune in and be like, wow, I hate this fucking guy. I will say it's better than having Alex Marvez on commentary because I was just like, <laughs> holy shit. <clears throat> True. Yeah, Alex Marvez got demoted to a backstage uh, <laughs> interviewer. He's still a part of it. So, all right, AW Full Gear, go check it out. Obviously, one of their better pay per views. See, definitely made up after the last pay per view. Then you guys, if you're going with eight five, oh, one hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Would you say this is the best pay per view they've put out all over? All year. All year. This, of course, of the year, but um, it's still like touching that first double or nothing. That first double or nothing. They set a really high standard for the first double or nothing. Okay. I thought Full uh, Gear last year was really good. I think this was on par with that one, too. All right. That's what's good to hear. That's good to hear. All right. Let's talk politics. Just kidding. <laughs> um, WWE is wonderful. Everyone loves them. It's not like they're ripping into their talents outside forms of income at all. They're 100% letting talents be who they want to be outside of the WWE. They will never, ever, at any point, do anything in the middle of one of their, let's say, I don't know, Twitch live streams that makes one of their talents get really upset, uh, over-emotional, and start crying because they feel they're getting screwed over. Oh, wait. They did. Um. Paige on her Twitch live stream got a, a message. I want to say a text message, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then broke down saying she's over the company. Uh, she broke her neck twice for that company. Uh, and this is how she's being treated. We had talked about this before. We had said that WWE was trying to monetize things off of talents outside revenue sources and the real problem with that is that wwe was take was taking that money and putting it towards their talents bottom line and look i didn't think about this maybe we did say it but i'm definitely thinking about it now especially after staying how they're making money hand over fist if money you got coming in from other areas is what you're giving your paying your talents with 
that means you're not losing any money. That means you're not taking money off of your books. It's coming off of someone else's books. So when you have them file their Twitch and their Cameo and all of that YouTube revenue through WWE and then it gets floated to the talent, WWE is not spending any money. WWE is not losing any money. They're not paying their talents anything. They're laundering laundering outside funds. They're they're laundering outside funds. They are the fucking middlemen. They are the bank. So it's horseshit. We said it before. We'll say it again. It is horseshit how this happened. It is bullshit that the WWE even thinks that this is okay. I understand that if you want to do it with contracts that are being renewed, future contracts, whatever. Someone has to lawyer up against these guys because it's not just the talent that like Paige literally broke down crime on that Twitch stream because of the message that she received at the time, right? She is getting fucked. Anybody, AJ Styles shit is down. Who else's shit is down? Zelina Vega's down. Um, Alistair Black. Uh, there was a whole, there was like a, a list of like seven of them. Alistair Black and Zelina Vega makes sense. Yep. I just, yeah. um, I I get, this goes back to the old argument. I get if they're using their in-ring names on their, oh, like, that, 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 that would be the equivalent of, okay, so I work for a door company. If I got a side job making money, but used my boss's equipment to do the job, I would totally understand why if my boss found out, he would be pissed because I'm using his stuff, but I'm not, but he's not the one doing the work. But if let's say I get a demo job and I take my own personal vehicle and I do it, my boss shouldn't want any money. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing it on my own. I'm doing something completely out of the realm. I'm not using your equipment. There's no reason to get mad at me for making outside money. That's the way I look at this. They want to use their in-ring names, then yes, you should have to pay WW a percentage to use your in-ring name on, you know, a a a side you know a, a side job from WWE. But if you're using your real name, so you're technically not using any of the equipment in in quotes that the company has given you, you should be able to make whatever money you want. It shouldn't, it shouldn't affect your bottom line with the company that you're working with because you signed a contract that you were guaranteed this bottom line no matter what. So it, unless there is fine print in this contract, which I almost guarantee there is, which is why nobody has lawyered up because the, somebody may have tried and failed because there's probably some verbiage in there that gives WWE the right to do this. Otherwise, especially with this being all over social media, some big wave lawyer would have stepped up and been like, no, this isn't wrong just to get himself publicity. Like I'll, I'll take your case just to, I, I took on the WWE and won, but nobody's come forward and d- done that. So it almost makes me believe that there's some kind of verbiage in there where they can't win and they have to do this. And maybe that's why Paige is getting so emotional because there's literally nothing she can do about it. So I'm going to play the video of it's a two minute video and you're just going to be able to see uh, hear every everything that that page says. I honestly. Wow, she sounds like Stevie Wonder. She's listening to music with it. Deal with this company. Yeah, wait. Why is it playing that music? 
probably copyright reasons. And if for copyright reasons, no, I have you to make a very important You want to be using. He wanted to know the soupy for using this shit. Yeah, quiet, man. But putting up a song that fucking. I don't think that was there before. That's what's crazy. Hmm. It's probably copyright reasons. They put audio over her audio. It doesn't technically count as the original audio. I guess. Um, let's see if I could just find things that she specifically said then quotes. Cause that was the original video that I watched. Um, but you broke her neck twice for the company yeah, and they so say she can't. Quote, I can, I've honestly got to the point where I cannot deal with this company anymore. So now I have to make a very important decision. I'm fucking tired, man. I broke my fucking neck twice, twice for this company over fucking worked. I broke my neck twice for this company. And all I wanted was to, they don't realize that this community isn't just about fucking subs. It's a, it isn't about that. It isn't about that. We built a wonderful community, a wonderful fucking family where this is an escape for a lot of people, including myself. I can't wrestle anymore. I was worked so hard in WWE that I can't wrestle anymore. My neck is fucked. My whole dream got taken away from me, dude. And I had to have something that fulfilled even a small part of that huge fucking void that I lost with wrestling. A huge fucking void. I couldn't wrestle anymore. Something I lived, breathed, uh, fucking shit wrestling since I was a fetus, dude. And it got ripped away from me. And I had to find something that even filled a little bit of that. Twitch was such a wonderful thing for me. It's such a wonderful place for me. Oh, I have to make a... Yeah, it's still there. Um, I will I will say how I feel. I don't care who you are. I will say how I feel. I don't like being walked all over. So, this, and this is that's stuff that she's tweeted since then. That's uh, another tweet. You know what? I'm going to start looking... I'm going to start looking more into unionization. I've been learning about it by my unionization lawyer. But... Good, but it so takes start a union, huh? Page, so it's not like Paige is trying to start a union. It's WWE. never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. I, yeah, I mean, it, it could, but with being in a union myself, there are a lot of pros to being in a union, but I will also say there are a lot of cons for hardworking people, like, there it, it. it it's a double-edged sword. It definitely, you know, enhances my life and lifestyle. But at the same time, there are a lot of things that go on in my union that I don't necessarily agree with. But that's kind of just the way it is. At least with independent contracts, you, every couple of years, you can kind of readjust what you feel you're worth in your contract. And if, I mean, honestly, if, I understand that Paige is really unhappy, but if that's the case, just let your con- do what you have to do. Let your contract go out, and then go wherever you want. Go somewhere where they'll let you. I mean, not to say go to AEW, but 
I mean, go to a company like that that lets you do these side things and keep 100% of your own personal profit. And she even said, like, for her in in this Twitch thing, it's not about the money being made. It's about this is something that fills that creative void she has from not being in the ring. So for her, this is personal. This isn't money. Um, But again, if you're that unhappy, let your contract run out and don't resign with the company. Which more likely she's doing. And, but the problem is you get into the point of this where, you know, we had stated before, there's been times that they're using their revenue from Twitch or YouTube. And if they're bringing in money for it, it's going directly to a charity. So now it's getting double taxed because WWE is taking a cut, a, a cut. WWE is taking a cut. It's not like they're giving them the whole fucking thing. WWE is taking a cut. The taxes are already taking a cut. Then you're getting taxed twice. Uh, maybe it's once because if you obviously had to switch it over to WWE re- re- receiving the money. Um, so, so you're getting taxed on money you were giving away to charity, right? Like originally you would just be taking all of that money to charity, not whatever WWE takes out of it. It's, it's, it's crazy to me because these are two different communities. This is a different, it's a completely different type of thing. And it sucks that so many people are losing things that do bring them, like you said, Z, it's personal for her. Losing things that bring them, take them away from the grind that is wrestling. You know, obviously it's completely different now because with COVID and stuff, they're not going to live events and they're home a lot more. But when you're so used to being that type of worker, busting your ass like that, and then it just get fucking, it gets fucking ripped away from you. It's kind of like, dude, do, do you care about anything? How does this affect your, this is like, you're, you're putting business over people. And you're doing it in a way that is harmful to other people. Business shouldn't be harmful to people. That's not, it's, it's not good business. You eventually lose more than you do gaining it. Because especially now, people are seeing a lot of fucking shit that WWE is doing. They're tuning out. Yeah. I think a lot of us have been even clip noting WWE just so we can have information for uh, our scorecards for the most part. I know I have. Uh, 100% Raw. SmackDown's actually worth watching lately. But yeah, Raw, I, I can't say I've caught a full episode of Raw in quite a while because it's just been so bad. Yeah. I'm saying like most of us probably clip note most of the WWE product. We, we're not, we're pretty much tuned out of it. For the most part. Well, I mean, honestly, if we're talking about that, I I don't cliff note NXT because it's probably the best wrestling show on TV right now. Period. You think WWE is? NXT. NXT. Oh, like NXT and that and in, in in my personal opinion, it goes NXT slight margin over dynamite and then SmackDown then. So your your two biggest brands, your two biggest things in the world are the worst things on TV right now. And SmackDown's not even that bad, but Raw is fucking terrible. You can't even follow it. It's it's it it's really bad. It's almost like they're doing it on purpose. You don't put impact in there. 
Uh, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't watch, so I can't really. So, I mean, it, um, it probably is above the above Raw and SmackDown. I would be willing to bet, but I, in my opinion, I, I can't really put them on the list because I don't really watch. I think, like I kind of know what happens. I do record, but I never go back and watch it after afterwards. I think there's, just so, much, like the there's only, just so much wrestling to watch that it kind of gets cast aside. I don't think there's any I, wrestling to watch except Impact. Yeah, listen, I think Mike and I are the only two that pretty much follow. Like that's the one thing we both agree that we both follow pretty much weekly. I will Impact. say this though, I. I the the couple of episodes of Impact I watched and I watched not Bound for Glory but pay per view before that I was I was thoroughly entertained like I I even like up my cable package to get Access TV so I could watch it I just I just don't that's <laughs> but, that's um, that's you, where I started watch, watching uh, it Impact you can watch Impact on Twitch <laughs> Nick you said that yeah. Slammiversary that's where you started watching Impact. Yeah, I think I've missed like maybe one or two in between that. But yeah, I'd put Impact up there with NXT. I'd give NXT a slight edge, but it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's here's the thing, man. Uh, my loss of the love of wrestling is not because of uh, storylines. It's literally all behind the scenes shit. It's literally how these people are now that it just disgusts me to the point where I don't want to give a company a fucking ounce of my eyeball. Right. Um, obviously it hasn't disgusted me enough to not pay attention to these pay-per-views, but we're also doing something right now with the scorecards and shit. <laughs> so, you know, uh, we're trying to build up and get hundred dollars for our charity by kicking pro wrestling scorecards. ass. Get these hands. We came to the sperm right, bank. Come right. back. Stay. Stay humble until we got a huge lead because they can easily win it back. I, I'm, I'm no, I'm just talking about this last one. Did we kick their ass? The last two, three, yeah, last three. They whipped our ass the first four. So. <laughs> I'm not acting like we're un- infallible here. Um, yeah, I, I finally found the right website to copy off of. <laughs> not ringside news anymore. Taking them with a grain no, of salt like no, everyone else. No. You guys all laugh, but I'm kind of being serious. <laughs> Ridiculous. Send me the link in a text. Um <laughs> No, don't 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 let Mikey send you any any links though. Don't let him reciprocate. Well, yeah, because you're gonna have a DQ or a count out for every other match. No. Or a giant fucking horse cock. Uh, yeah, I didn't get that link. I'm glad he only said that link to you. Yeah, I got it. I sure did. <laughs> now, now, was it only giant because you compared it to your small hand? <laughs> Made it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it was so good. Um, yeah, I just literally texted him. Let's see. Oh, you did get the link. You just didn't open it. Okay, I'm glad. Oh, the uh, the one the you sent me last night. Yeah, yeah. So you sent it in a way where I couldn't click on it. 
it just came up as uh verbiage it didn't it wasn't clickable it wasn't blue But now, but, but now I know not to open it. Although I was talking about it, but I'm like, Mikey just sent me this link where they double counted in Washington County, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> never, never actually opened it. Now I'm glad I did. Like really inappropriate. The views of the press. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. We do full frontal now. I'm breaking down the ring. Oh, if you if you catch the iTunes version, that'll be uh, you know you know. Yeah, don't uh, watch the video. Like, this one. It'll look, it'll look like a Japanese porn. It'll just be a blur. A uh, really big blur. Flag to put in Facebook jail. <laughs> That's how it, that's why it was real fucking half second quick. If we start shutting down, it's not retribution, it's Facebook. Yes, um, <laughs> both are really bad. I have someone really bad on it. Um, I think that's about it for us, boys. All right, cool. I gotta check my fantasy lineup anyway. Wait, we're gonna, let's see. Yeah, I'm texting Dave that we're finishing now. Um, yeah, so AW full gear, great pay per view. Go watch it. Pro wrestling scorecards losing to breaking down the ring. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna have our charity announced, uh, for our during our survivor series picks. So, when we're making our survivor series picks. We are going to announce the charity that we hope pro wrestling scorecards is going to do going to be donating a hundred dollars to. Um, Make sure you guys check out BreakingDownTheRing.com. Get yourself some merch. It's available in America's colors. Uh, you know, red, white, and blue. Gear did. Uh, go check it out. We got the charities donating uh, to the Trevor Project with the one. Donating to the NAACP Legal and Defense Fund with the others. And you can enjoy yourself some of this soft, cushiony, lovely, uh, and it's hoodie season, bitches. Get your fucking breaking down the ring hoodie. Nick's got one. I got like yeah. three or four. Z's got like three or four. I've got one. Smitty doesn't even have shirts. <laughs> <laughs> he can he can pretend he's got them. <laughs> got more hair than shirts right now, Smitty. Gross. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for paying attention. We really appreciate you guys. We are your ring crew. It's Nick Kishi. Koenig19. And Nick, don't ever call me by my government name again. I'm Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> and me, the almighty one, Mikey himself. We are out.